I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is the Artist Business Plan. Your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to the Artist Business Plan, which means that you, my friend, are certifiably awesome. I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for independent artists in the U.S. We're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing your art. Today, we've got Michael Fashionello here with us on the mic. Michael's going to share his thoughts on e-commerce and the accessibility of art, both very exciting topics for us in the art world. I am very excited to hear what he has to say, but first, I've got an offer here for you ABP listeners, so listen up. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you sign up and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fair. Join the number one art fair for independent artists as we travel across the United States reaching thousands of qualified in-person art buyers at every single fair. And prepare yourself for success with a full suite of business resources like our very own podcast, which you're listening to right now. Superfine started with the connection between artists and an eager, empowered, qualified buying audience. So many alternatives didn't provide any real value for the artists who spent their precious time, hard-earned money, and major effort mounting and exhibiting their work without the results to back it up. And that meant it was time for something new. For seven years, Superfine has focused on breaking down these barriers and creating sustainable economic opportunities for artists to build careers from our fair. To find your place at a Superfine fair, simply visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And when you mention the artist business plan, you'll receive a $150 credit on your booth, no matter what size or city you choose. So that's $150 off. Just go online to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art to set up your qualification call with James and get started selling your art with Superfine today. Again, that's www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. All right, we are back here with Michael Fashionello. Michael Fashionello is the founder of Altamira. He loves to create things from scratch and drive them through to completion. As a kid, his aunt owned a gallery in Basalt. He spent summers with his grandparents in nearby Aspen, so he spent a lot of time in that gallery. Prior to Altamira, Michael spent eight years at Click Studios, a top national design firm headquartered in Chicago. There, he started as a UX designer, then transitioned to launching and managing new offices. In 2013, Michael helped launch the Chicago Venture Summit, sitting on the steering committee until 2021. From 2017 to 2019, he taught a class on web design at the University of Chicago Graham School as well. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Michael. Thanks so much. That's uh, a, a longer intro than, than maybe I was expecting, but thanks so much. That's it's nice not the longest one I've read today, so don't worry. And it, it is a lot, and it, it's very uh, <laughs> exciting to hear, so we're, we're glad to have you. Um, so before we jump in, Michael, I want to ask you something that we ask all of our guests to help the listeners get to know you. And that is, what is your earliest memory of art? Sure. Um, well, mine is a little bit embarrassing. I think I must've been three or four and I have one of those memories that goes back further than it should. My mom had this stone sculpture of an owl that had been given to her as a gift by my uncle. 
um, who just had really, really good taste. And I'm sure it was a very uh, good piece of art. Um, he, he just was very into art. He was an artist himself, sold work into the governor's mansion here in Colorado. Uh, and I think it's still here anyway. Uh, me as a three or four year old, I see this Al and being a little creative myself, remembering, thinking I could improve upon it. Uh, and I managed to find a permanent marker and started coloring the eyes in. Uh, fortunately, my mom caught me before I could do too much damage. Um, but she still has that, uh, that sculptor and it still has a little black, uh, dot in the eye. Um, and, and of course you already mentioned this, but growing up, my grandparents were big collectors. And like you said, my aunt owned a gallery. So I was just always around it. I, I love, I love both of those stories. And I think just like being around art from a young age is amazing. And then also that, that memory that you have of, you know, unintentionally defacing that little, uh, that little piece is really cool. I, um, I colored in the pictures in an 1800s edition of Swiss Family Robinson that had been in my family for years when I was about three or four. And that's still sitting on uh, my, my, for, my grandmother's former home, my mom's current home shelf. So I, uh, I can go look at that whenever I want and see those 120-year-old pages colored in with, uh, with Crayola crayon. Um, reminds me of my, my early art days myself. So yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. that. If you yeah. don't care about the value, then uh, it only makes the value go up because uh, I know my right. mom was mad when it happened, but now looks on it with some happiness um, yeah. just from the, the memory itself. Hmm. I wonder if those museums where people are throwing paint at the paintings right now are going to think that in a uh, in hundred years. I don't know. <laughs> probably <laughs> uh, not. Yeah, I get, probably not. Well, probably they, not. they might preserve it in some way though. Take yeah. the museum glass and... Uh, freeze dry it or something that would be cool all right so let's jump into the real questions here michael so with everything that's happened in the recent years um it's really impossible for there not to have been some new developments in the art world too how has the art market shifted because of the pandemic what and what do you make of those trends and you know what tell us about that yeah i think i mean a lot has shifted a lot has changed and it's continuing to I think it'll be interesting to see how 2022 plays out. Um, but for most of the, the 2010s globally, online art sales doubled from 2013 to 2019 uh, and from 3 billion to 6 billion from 2019 to 2020. So you saw that precipitously sort of accelerate the, the growth. Um, and then that doubled again from 6 to 12 billion. Um, or Sorry, I, I think I mentioned that, but the, it, the, the point being that uh, online art sales have grown a lot and, and really probably because of COVID. But part of the reason for that is purely demographic. Until recently, art buyers didn't grow up buying things online. Uh, and as you know, for a long time, baby boomers were the biggest purchasers of art. Now, millennials are the, the most active and make up the biggest segment in the market, according to UBS, accounting for more than 27% of all collectors in the US, while Gen Z collectors had the highest average share of wealth dedicated to art. And I find this to be crazy, but over a third of Gen Zers have more than a third of their wealth going to art. Uh, so it's just a, a crazy amount of money and a, sort of a crazy appreciation for art for folks that young. 
Yeah, you've got, and and so that to me, I think makes up a few things. You've got this young group who now make up the biggest portion of collectors who, uh, like I said, are comfortable with online purchasing, but also who grew up on social media. So it's no real surprise that more and more of the art world is taking place online. Um, there's an article I read last winter uh, about the 100 people who control the art market uh, and effectively determine what the good or bad art is um, in the world. And, and all of those people sit in New York, which if you're in, you're in New York, then that's great. Uh, I think that it's it's somewhat sad, though, um, for people who, who don't. And I, I think with social media um, and with the Internet, that's more things are being democratized. With Altamira, we're trying to take it a step further by giving artists more tools to promote themselves, gain a following, build credibility, and give critics, collectors, and fans, what have you, the, the ability to weigh in, to participate in the conversation, and help determine the great art of today. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I'd like to kind of, you know, somewhat boast that we uh, kind of we precipitated that years ago with Superfine. We kind of saw the shift in the art market, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy to see that that more entities are rising to meet that and meet uh, millennial and Gen Z collectors where they are, which in many cases is online, but also in like more comfortable spaces to buy art and not in the same like exclusive manner that art was presented prior. So I think that's a really cool. Uh, those those statistics are new to me as well. I didn't realize. Um, you know, how much, uh, how much that was the case. And, but I'm very happy that, that, you know, that there's people like us who are out there trying to get artists in their work in front of, of the people who can buy it. So that's super cool. Um, yeah. so why do you, why do you believe e-commerce doesn't really cater to the experience of buying art? How do you give that feeling of connection? Like, like, is that something that you're able to do with, with your company? Uh, yeah, I think that, Fundamentally, buying art is different than buying a pair of pants, which is why you've been able to buy a pair of pants online for a very long time and been really comfortable with that purchase. Uh, we think there are certainly things that can't be replicated in digital, but also think there are certain things that digital do better. Um, and so we try to lean into the things that digital does better and, and uh, not worry so much about trying to completely replicate the in-person aspects of it. Um, Altamira allows people, artists, collectors, critics, what have you, to all interact with each other before, during, and after the sale. Uh, if you're going into a gallery, there usually aren't a bunch of critiques aggregated around one artist, um, let alone for a specific work uh, from that artist. Uh, you definitely can't ask those critics or artists a question. Um, and so with Altamira, we can kind of cater to those things. We can add more data permanence. We can allow people to uh, do all of their research, discover artists, and make a purchase all in one place um, and do so in a way that feels really, really comfortable uh, because you can get that information. Um, you can get that neutral third-party validation from critics and from other collectors and from other artists. Um, and so you have the confidence to make a purchase. And, and that, I think, is, is the main things. I think there's a bunch more that we can lean into. But for now, that's the, the main differentiation between online, physical, and how we bridge the gap. 
Yeah, I think, you know, having being able to foster those conversations in the virtual world that give people the re the reinforcement to be able to purchase art is a lot of what has been historically missing from e-commerce for for art. And it's really nice to see you guys filling in those gaps. It's something that, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people in the industry have been trying to do. So I think it's really cool to see that happening. Um, and I think that's, you know, a lot of a lot of artists are asking us, like, should I just be selling online? Should I be in shows? And Obviously, we are a physical show primarily. So my answer is always like both. Do both and do them both really well. So find the right platform, find the right way to do it and, and do both. So I, I, like that, um, I like that you're addressing that kind of discrepancy that, you're, that we see with, you know, how do I buy this thing that's not like buying a pair of pants? How do I buy it online? And creating that system of like conversations and reinforcements that people can feel more comfortable buying online. One of the... Amazing sure. things about the fairs you offer is that people, when they like a work of art, they can uh, do the gallery visit, so to speak, right on site. They can get to know the artist a little bit um, and build that emotional connection, where if you go into a gallery, you're just talking to a gallerist, and so it's a little bit more of a challenge. And I think that that's something that we offer in the digital space, uh, just that more one-on-one -on -one connection. Absolutely. No, the one-on-one -on -one connection is key. And that's something we've seen with collectors, you know, especially this, this Gen Z and uh, millennial range of collectors who maybe aren't as concerned with an artist's MFA or, you know, what other shows they've been in, but they're, they want to know who that person is. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot more of a desire for community and connection with people. And I think that that's what, you know, our fairs do. And I think what, what really good online platforms are able to do as well is, is facilitate that connection between a buyer and the artist. Um, so I applaud you for doing that. So when we're talking about trends in art, it's impossible not to talk about NFTs. That's been obviously a big thing, you know, for almost, I don't know, two years, maybe longer now. Um, they kind of came in this big way and really captivated audiences, but there's still a lack of understanding of them and the overall impact. W what can you share? I mean, Obviously, it's a big topic, but what can you share for people who don't understand NFTs and what do you see in terms of them changing in the next couple of years? Yeah, um, I think, well, one of the, the most interesting things to me um, is just more of a technical thing. Um, the NFT is not the actual artwork, um, even not the actual digital artwork. It's the smart contract pointing to artwork. Um, the magic of blockchain is that uh, it's taking advantage of distributed computing to store data, in this case, the smart contract. And distributed computing means that data is stored on computers or servers kind of all across the world. Uh, so it's immutable, meaning it's persistent. Um, if one computer goes down or it's hacked, it doesn't matter because 30 others are still there maintaining that record. But on most of the platforms, the actual artwork is not stored on uh, the blockchain. It's stored on the platform servers, usually Amazon Web Service, um, AWS. So it's not immutable. If AWS gets hacked, then, or if that particular instance of a server gets hacked, then the artwork can disappear forever. Or if that business uh, goes out, then the digital artwork goes away forever. The smart contract won't, but the, the artwork will. Um, and I don't know if that's what you had in mind, but I think it's just something that gets missed a lot because people think of NFT as art, but NFT really is the, 
the certificate of authenticity um, pointing to digital artwork. And um, it's, it's a lot more sort of transactable now. But um, yeah, and I guess I'm glad you asked about a few years from now. Um, at Altamira, we like to think about what we want NFT be, NFTs to be in two years or five years, not what they've been over the past two years, and build a bridge to that future. Uh, fundamentally, like I said, an NFT is a certificate of authenticity with additional contractual stipulations of ownership of a digital piece of art. Uh, I'm not sure what will happen with the metaverse, but I've always been a big fan of digital things that enhance something in the real world. Excuse me, the real, real, real world. I don't know why I could not say that. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a better application than Google Maps where you're interacting with the, the real world around you, um, and that's enhanced through digital. Uh, we're working on something that will open up a new sort of creative modality to create both in the physical world and NFTs and have that, that sort of seamlessly integrated in one artwork. And we think that's really exciting. Um, I do think that a lot of the fervor in the NFT space will probably slow down for a few years um, because venture capitalists have sort of uh, lost, it's, it's lost favor with them. Um, it's AI is the the big thing that VCs are putting their money toward this year, and it'll be something new next year. And then it'll probably spin back around to blockchain and NFTs in two or three years. Yeah, I like that, like that forecasting, because I think a lot of people are kind of like, wow, there was that big rush, but like, then what happened? But I think kind of looking in the future and seeing what might happen is really interesting. And, and that little tidbit you gave at the beginning, um, I think helped enlighten that for a lot of us who maybe didn't even understand that. So it's, it's very cool. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that if you're an artist, it's good to keep this on your radar and, and think about if it does fit into your toolbox of what you want to do. But you're not under any massive pressure to jump out and make NFTs tomorrow. But it's something to just think about as, you know, as you learn and just keep learning information about it, because it's something, especially if you're a digital artist, could be very interesting for you. Um, guys, we're going to come right back. And Michael's going to tell you more about what common trait Superfine and Altamira possess uh, but first, a quick message from our sponsors. Artists, are you struggling with getting yourself out there and selling your work? Well, you came to the right place. For seven years, Superfine Art Fair has traveled across the United States and connected with all sorts of art professionals, from curators, gallerists, a community of successful artists, and everything in between. We've developed strategies to assist hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that they deserve. From New York City to San Francisco, Miami Beach to Seattle, your next art fair is right around the corner. You can apply to be a part of the fair when it comes to a city near you by visiting www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Mention the artist business plan during your qualification call and we'll take $150 off your booth fee for any city and any fair you choose. Today's the day to start taking control of your art career. All right, so Michael, we are back. And so I want to talk a little bit about the two organizations that we both represent. So at Superfine, we love promoting accessibility of our artist work and the artists themselves being accessible to our audience. How did you tackle those same issues of accessibility or how did you, how did you foster accessibility with Altamira? And why was it important for you to do that? Yeah, the... The art world has traditionally been really exclusive, operating kind of by cloak and dagger. 
Uh, and like there are even galleries today that are doing back background checks on collectors before they can purchase a work. Uh, and for the individual galleries, this might make sense, but on the whole, it doesn't. Uh, globally, right around 50 billion of art sales sell every year. Meanwhile, there is a survey done of people making 100K or more a year, and only 2% of them surveyed have actually purchased art, while 48% responded that they wanted to. Um, so there's a lot more art that could be selling. Um, and so many artists could be doing well. So many more people could be living with the benefits that art produces. Um, but it just hasn't played out that way because it's been so exclusive. There's so many amazing artists that get out there that get overlooked because they can't get on the radar of those hundred or so people that I mentioned before. Altamira is a communal marketplace or a social commerce marketplace that asked everyone to participate in evaluating artwork via upvotes and critiques. We offer a space for artists to post their work in a similar way to Instagram, but it's just to an art audience. Um, and so I think that's the, we, we just try to break down the walls and, and um, remove a lot of barriers to entry where if you're going into a gallery, you're probably pretty intimidated. Um, when you come on to Altamira, there's a, a lot of different ways that you can learn to gain confidence before you actually make a purchase. Um, and one of those is just developing your own taste as you see more and more work each and every day or each and every week, however often you're checking in. Um, you start to understand what you like and what you don't like. And then that's reinforced by what the critics and other collectors on the platform happen to say about the work itself. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about before, just being able to connect with other people and kind of get that social reinforcement of, of the work and of the artists. And, you know, whether that's happening in a digital space or a physical space, I think it's just really neat and, and also like vitally important. Um, to create that and to create that that accessibility where it's not just I'm looking at like a painting, but I'm looking at a painting and the, the story behind it, the person who made it, and also talking to other people about it. Um, I think that creates such a so, so much more of a connection, which translates to actual sales and commerce. So um, very, very cool. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, traditional art galleries. So the, the longstanding tradition of art galleries has been kind of, I would say it's, it's somewhat in jeopardy over the past few years because it's like, you know, it's so many changes in the industry. What is preventing galleries from being as successful as they once were? And what do you think is the future of galleries as an institution? Well, I think I'll start by saying that I think galleries are, are really important to the overall ecosystem. Um, I think there's a number of challenges with the biggest being real estate costs. Um, the, the, especially now and over the last year or so, real estate is just crazy. And to be successful as a gallery, it's very unlikely you're doing that without some pretty fantastic real estate. Beyond that, I think artists are seeing that they don't need galleries like they once did. They can take control of their careers through the internet, social media, fairs, uh, prizes, competitions, etc. And I recently, um, actually spoke with a highly acclaimed artist who's gotten very popular on Instagram. And he mentioned that most of the sales his gallery was making for him were actually a result of him sending people from his DMs. Uh, 
and I'll let you sort of read between the lines there, but artists are smart, they're creative, they're entrepreneurs. I think more and more they're going to own that truth and, and own their own destiny. Um, so we'll see what that means for, for galleries. I do know that more galleries are opening or sorry, closing each year than what are opening. Um, so I think that if you extend that trend line out, you'll probably see consolidation. You'll probably see galleries sort of morphing into these super galleries that you already start to have the top 10 or 20. It'll be more those guys getting stronger um, and a few more jo joining the ranks and a lot of the smaller ones kind of probably fizzling out, unfortunately. Yeah, I would concur. I mean, there's, you know, I think there's still going to be a space for galleries to do what they do and to operate as a retail storefront for art. And I'm excited for that. For the, A lot of the galleries that I, I'm close with and work with have adapted well to the new ecosystem. But also, yeah, artists have a lot of ways to meet collectors and sell their art I mean, directly. And so I think that's going to be a big trend and, and has been, you know, from our experience growing super fine. Um, so I think that's an interesting outlook on it. And you know, if you're a gallery out there listening, I think it's a good time to just kind of make sure that you're also up on on the trends and what's changing in the world, and and uh, and really putting these conversations and this and this need for the new generation of collectors to connect directly with artists um, as part of your program as well. Um, so, unfortunately, we have come to an end here, um, Michael. This has been an incredible conversation. Let's bring it home for our listeners. Uh, what is the best way that an artist can get involved and take advantage of what Altamira has to offer? Yeah, I think uh, one is just to, to sign up. We make it really easy to to join. And um, the the once you're on there, it's, it's like any other social media platform that you're on and, and anything else in your life that you're doing. The more that you put in, the more that you get out. Um, I think that every artist is an entrepreneur and in business, half the battle is creating a great product. The other half is selling it. Uh, you've got the amazing product taken care of uh, and keep working on doing that, telling your story in a, an amazing way that connects emotionally. And then with Altamira, build your online brand, build an audience, uh, drive buzz and, and hopefully sell your work. Um, and I think after that, it's it's just continuing to, to market yourself, going to things like fairs and um, creating as much surface area and exposure as you can, um, so that you're creating buzz and, and sort of getting everything that you have to, or that you can. Uh, one other thing I'll, I'll mention, um, we are, um, currently offering a prize called the pink bison prize. Um, the pink bison prize is open to anyone in any medium around the world in the spirit of democratizing art. Finalists are selected through voting via Altamira, um, and then, uh, which is comprised of the critics, collectors, and other artists on Altamira. And then the finalists, the winner is selected from the finalists by a jury of uh, experts, including a bunch of the critics who are on Altamira. And that is open in uh, that that closes in January. Winner announced in February. That is awesome, guys. I suggest pushing rewind and giving those instructions again so that you can be a part of that. And if you didn't catch anything, or if you didn't catch everything on this episode, I hope you caught something. Um, you can always go back and listen to this again and to all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. And to connect with Michael and Altamira, which you should do, you can follow their Instagram at art.altamira or www.altamira.art. Those will both be in our show notes as well. 
And be sure to check us out on Instagram at superfineartfair. We always appreciate a share anytime you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And we will reshare that for you as well. Um, another thing we really appreciate is if you can leave us a review on Apple podcast, whenever you have the chance, that is our number one distribution platform. And every time you leave a rating or review, it helps another artist entrepreneur find us and listen to the artist business plan and gain perspective from us and our guests. As always, I want to wrap up the show by sharing a quick quote with you all. And today that quote is technical skills can be learned by almost anyone who has the determination to pursue them. But innovative ideas and the ability to express them come from someplace beyond the material world. That is Carol Ann Bourges. Michael, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your time and perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. The pleasure was all mine. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan. Hosted by me, Alex Mito. And me, James Milley. Join us each week to hear leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas discuss tips and tricks designed to help you thrive and sell more art. To listen to this episode and all of our past episodes, just visit www.superfine.world and click The Artist Business Plan. And we love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message just to let us know you're listening. Want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Go to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Until next time, keep listening, keep creating, and keep up your artist business plan. 